Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blizzgo, Raicho, Dramin, Foster's now, Dan, Kenji, Lee, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Natara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Procetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Moral Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I overwrite my friend's precious childhood memories with way too much information about the entirety of the lore of a single character from Mortal Kombat. Today, a very special guest, uh, writer, tweeter, podcaster. Those are the three words I wrote down when you said I could introduce you as anything. Dana Donnelly. Here I am. It's me, Dana, writer and podcaster. Thank you, Ben. You skipped right over Twitter. Is that oh. not how you identify yourself? Um, I feel like, you know, you do a lot of tweets. Yeah, I think if anything, I'm probably like to other people a tweeter first. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe yeah. a tweeter, writer. Is that, is Twitter how things kind of like st- got going for you? Or were no, you, weirdly, you were doing live comedy before that. It I, it was stand up for me. I like, I, I mean, I had been writing for a long time before I did stand up and I had been on Twitter. Like I've been on Twitter since 2009. I mean, obviously I was right. like... 12 or whatever um but I like yeah I started writing when I was in college and I moved out here to like write because I got one of the fellowship programs and then nothing was happening because it's just like impossible to get staffed and so Mm. I started doing stand-up and then through stand-up was kind of like where everything fell into place wow I'm reaching the age now where uh I don't know how old anyone is or how long anything has happened because I'm like, Dana, yeah, she's like, we're pretty much peers. I'm like, no, I think I'm like a full decade older than you. No, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Um, yeah, because I'm like, yeah, I was on Twitter in 2009 uh, in college. Um, yeah, I think I was, I was, it was a freshman in high school when Twitter became a thing. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was high school Twitter like? Were your friends in high school also on Twitter or were you mostly so, tweeting with like full grown adults? Not really, but I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really like get into the Twitter community until like way later, like probably like 2015, right. 2016. It was like really like I would tweet and then like my friends would read my tweets, but it was more like, okay, like they all had accounts and then like they would just like, like my tweets. <laughs> It was like a social network. Yeah, but they weren't tweeting. Like, I was the only Got person it. I knew who was tweeting for <laughs> a long a time. Exactly, exactly. It's where my okay, fans yeah. went. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kind of makes sense. I get that. Huh. Okay. Well, that's a good way to start. Did you have, like, a first big, like, retweet that inducted you into the into the Twitter community? Was it, like, a Patton Oswalt swooped in? No, like... weirdly, I like never got any like huge retweets. Um, it was when I started stand up, my friend Jenny Hogan started retweeting yeah, me. I like, follow Jenny Hogan yeah. on but she started retweeting me like all the time, and then it just like got really big really fast because it was like once I started getting retweeted, I tweeted more because I was like, oh well, people will see this now, and then I just like kind of kept tweeting. Hmm. 
Yeah. Twitter's weird. I can't believe how many friends I've made on there and also how much it's not been good for my mental health or probably like the entire world's mental health. It's like so bad for me. I notice that I feel a lot happier when I'm not on it, like for a long period of time. Like if I can go like three days without it, I feel amazing. Hmm. Some good, <laughs> some good information for anyone who tweets yeah. too much listening yeah. to the show. That was either the most or least interesting conversation. That yeah, probably, probably week. really not. I'm fascinated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone's if like, you're on Twitter, it's interesting. If you're not, it's on not. thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dana, I'm really happy to have you here. I think this is a very fun way for us to have like uh, our first real in real life conversation, um, which has been the case with many of the guests on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a good structured meeting. Yeah, I, I don't think like most people who are fans of yours necessarily are like, she's probably got a lot to say about Mortal Kombat. But my goal is that coming out of the show today, you'll actually have too much to say about Mortal Kombat. Um, and you'll shed some of those loser friends and get some cool new Mortal Kombat friends. And then maybe I'll start a rival Mortal Kombat podcast. That would be great. So you better um, watch actually, out. Actually... <laughs> Two, two, two of um, my most dedicated listeners started their own podcast called MK PodQuest, where they specifically cover every episode of a Mortal Kombat television series from the 90s that is unhinged. And I should mention, had an episode directed by my directing professor from film school. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's actually pretty pretty funny um, in that that show is like the horniest thing ever associated with Mortal Kombat. So what is that it? winds up being most of the topic of conversation. Um, it's called Mortal Kombat Conquest. And um, I haven't watched it in many years and have been meaning to rewatch because their podcast keeps reminding me that it exists. But it was like around the time when they were making... Uh, fantasy shows with like way too low a budget like Hercules and Xena Um, so it's very much in that vein Um, and it's like a kind of offshoot it's set like before the Mortal Kombat games Um, but it involves a lot of characters from the series because everyone's like a thousand years old in Mortal Kombat as you'll find out Um, highly recommend it both (laughs) Mortal Kombat Conquest and MK PodQuest yeah It sounds anyway. Yeah, like, you'll anyway. be welcome on my network. Yeah, thank the, you. The Mortal Kombat. Thank you. Network. The Mortal. The Mortal Kombat family. IP. Yeah. 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 We're the earwolf of Mortal Kombat. I. Podcast I love network. that. It's a specific universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even hey, look, if they could do it for true crime, um, with the whatever the murder one is called, then I can do it with Mortal Kombat. I mean, if the, if it's mansion. as expansive and interesting as you seem to think it is, I'm sure there's more than enough there. I guess we'll find out today yes (laughs) well before we start talking about the character that i selected for you dana i'd like to ask um what is your history with mortal kombat and honestly with video games in general like have you ever been much of a video game head no honestly no i was never allowed to play video games like growing up i wasn't really allowed to watch tv i had a game boy color that was like my first um Mm. experience with gaming and i just had like one of the pokemon games and i honestly never really thought it was that interesting um the games i kind of did like were like computer makeover games when i was younger i played a lot of like Mm -hmm. the disney channel games like barbie dress up games 
like that kind of deal. Um, oh, when yeah. I was in college, I have three little oh, sisters, so I played a lot of those. They're fun. Like you, yeah. they're fun. Um, and mm-hmm. then when I was in college, I dated a guy who was like really into Super Smash. Like he would like go to like Smash tournaments and stuff like that. And I think that made me even more anti-gaming because I would like kind of <laughs> play Smash, but like. I don't know. And then Mortal Kombat. I literally think it's like I probably heard the name, but you saying it to me was like the first time I'd ever thought about it. Wow. So there you so go. So when so when I say when I say Mortal Kombat, what image do you conjure in your mind's eye? Honestly, it's like something like black and purple with like a weapon. Yeah, you pretty much get it. Is that the vibe? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, Mortal Kombat is is uh, a Smash-esque fighting game. Okay. Um, yeah, not quite the the roster is not as um expansive, expansive. and and yeah, and there are no Nintendo characters um in the series, but otherwise it's not far off. Okay. Um that helps me for context. That, yeah, so just you can imagine like a Smash kind of setup um the thing that made Mortal Kombat stand out initially was how violent it is. So it makes sense that you would have never been allowed, even if you were allowed to play some video games. There's, I imagine if your folks weren't letting you watch TV or play video games, they wouldn't let you play the game where you can literally rip someone's spine out of their body it's and beat them to death with not. it. Yeah, my mom was very anti-violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is about as violent as video games get. Truly, like the awesome. most recent game is is a sickening level of violence. You can punch someone's throat out drown them in their own blood um wait how old were you when you got into it i'm gonna say 10 oh shit i'm sure that's really informed no, a lot was, about it you was probably younger yeah wow. I, I, actually i'm gonna say eight because i might even go younger it might be younger i'm gonna say it was around seven or eight because um it was the third mortal Kombat game that came out when i was old enough to like be really able to play games and i would go to galaxy skateway in uh south florida i think in sunrise florida maybe um and uh i'd go i'd go skating and then i was a i was a chubby young lad so i'd get tired and i'd say it's time to play video games instead and i'd go to the arcade and i'd uh i'd play a lot of mortal Kombat. And by a lot i mean like i'd play about two times before i ran out of quarters but um oh wow so it was like an yeah. arcade thing for you like you it, didn't even you didn't play it at home no, it took me a while to get my own console. I had to wait for a very special Hanukkah and ask my family to like team up to get me a PlayStation. And uh, I, actually, I actually did. I rolled the dice and I, I got Snake Eyes because I got the PlayStation and there were two Mortal Kombat games that were out. And one was Mortal Kombat 4, which is like a classical Mortal Kombat fighting game. And the other was a spinoff about one Mortal Kombat character called mk mythologies sub-zero it's kind of like the video game version of this podcast and um it's dog shit so (laughs) i rented that game first and was like this is very bad but i was obsessed with um they had these terrible live action cutscenes, like story pieces in between the like fights where they had oh my god story pieces and video games were always my favorite so ditto. I was never good at video games. I'm still not good at video games. Um, but I was very obsessed with the story in video games and specifically in Mortal Kombat, which is how this came to be. Um, but uh, you should check out those cutscenes sometime because they they had a budget of I'm going to say about eight or nine dollars. Oh fuck! And you got wizards and ninjas talking to each other in like Halloween costumes. So um, ambitious. I love it. Yeah. Okay, really, we love a home really video stuff. moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
It looks like it was shot on home video. <laughs> it may have been shot on like VHSC. You know, the little VHS tape you had to put inside the bigger one. Oh, yeah, I to know. play it back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, well, knowing that your Mortal Kombat knowledge is limited, I'll, I'll give you some, some background on the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore in a second. But before we do, um, every episode of Mortal Podcast comes with a little prompt that I like to ask my guests. And the prompt is usually related to the theme of the season. So this is the fifth season of Mortal Podcast. Um, we're covering the characters that were introduced in a game called Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. So I ask you, Dana, has there ever been a time in your life that you've been a part of a deadly alliance? Oh, my God. Um, part of a deadly alliance. Um, <laughs> no, I would say I've never been a part of an alliance where like it's like life or death. You know, right. I would say every alliance is pretty, pretty inconsequential. Mm, okay. Sorry, my, my baby is just hanging out in the background. No, your you gotta, baby looks... You got a quick, you got a quick glimpse. One day she'll learn about deadly alliances. Um, oh, yeah, she will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she Maybe will. Maybe she'll form her own. <laughs> Maybe it'll be with you. Uh, I hope so. That would be nice. Um <laughs> Well, I guess I would say then maybe not in the literal sense, but if you've been a part of a, a deadly alliance, just like in a in a more metaphorical sense, you've been a part of an alliance that was just extremely effective at whatever it is your your goals have been. Whether that was you know let's say uh, bullying has been has been a type of alliance that's okay. appeared on the show so far. Theft. There was there was a friend group that was into stealing AC units uh, in the previous episode. Um, okay, so I I guess in high school I had like an alcohol buying alliance where like I Ooh. I single handedly orchestrated the fake ID acquisition of like me and all my friends and then mm -hmm. we all um like we were friends with some of the kids at the private richer school and they would give us four hundred dollars every weekend to buy like a really small amount of alcohol with our fake ids and so we all come together for that Ooh, i guess that's that a was, good system that's yeah. a good setup oh it was i pocketed like three hundred dollars every weekend it was insane oh my god yeah my uh my alcohol buying was not uh, ever that advanced. I feel like I would have been a lot more successful if I'd involved more people in the process. It was you more gotta of like get a people... quick, like, yeah. Yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta make friends. You gotta bring people into it. You gotta make sure everyone is, everyone has something at stake. Did you have, <laughs> everyone has something at stake? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep in? <laughs> skin in the game, you know? <laughs> wow. That's really smart. Were you, did you have a lot of schemes? Growing up, were you a schemer? I think I was, yeah. But it's like, it's very much like I had ideas and it was like hard to get people on board. Okay. Like, because, was... okay, like when I started doing like, the, for example, the fake ID alcohol scheme, we were only 14 mm -hmm. and everyone was like, Dana, we're, we all look 14 and like, this is never going to work. And guess what? It did, you know? So I, I guess the question I have is like, with with your many schemes um who, who was like the biggest influence on you because i was kind of i was just talking about how that show ed ed and eddie was really all about the various get rich quick schemes that you could come up with as a kid and as a kid it was an influence on me and that i'd watch that show and go like that's a good racket you get a candy everyone wants and you you upsell it um and i did that with warheads and got in trouble uh in elementary school so like was there something that like put the idea of the <laughs> So for me, it was probably Veronica Mars. So mm. I think like I watched a lot of Veronica Mars when I was that age. And 
like she was very good at like figuring out how to get what she wanted whether that be like information or like something and I think Mm. like I also think um, definitely all the other high school shows where like everyone in the high school shows had fake IDs and stuff like that, that like definitely put a lot of ideas in my head as to like what was possible. Wow. Yeah. Veronica Mars, terrible influence on teens as it turns out. I mean, it just, it makes teens a little too bold, a little too adventurous, I think. Right. Parents, lock up your DVDs of Veronica Mars. (laughs) There's only three seasons. Actually, no, I guess there's more now. They, and there's like seven movies, right? Well, there's a one Kickstarter funded movie and then there's a Hulu like reboot kind of. Got it. So and then I think there's technically four seasons in a movie. There's technically four seasons in a movie. Yeah. But like knowing they them, one? they're going to do something else. Yeah. They're like they're a merry gang of bandits. That crew, like the actors mm. and like Rob Thomas, they all seem like very close. And it seems like they're okay. obsessed with like continuing to do Veronica Mars related things, which I understand and love. Got it. Has it been diminishing returns or has latter day Veronica Mars been as good as the original Veronica Mars? I like it all, if I'm being honest. Like I think the original is the best, but like like Mortal Kombat and all the spinoffs, you know, there's always something to appreciate. Great way to bring it back around. Good job. <laughs> well, on the subject of Mortal Kombat, which could probably use I feel like Veronica Mars would fit right in and get a Veronica Mars in there. Um, I'm just gonna give you a little bit of backstory on what Mortal Kombat is narratively. So uh, to give you just like the vaguest, like most base knowledge of Mortal Kombat, um, we rewind real quick to the dawn of time. The dawn Um, of time. Yeah. Are we talking like zero? Yeah. Zero. We're talking empty celestial space. No life, no planets, just the one being. A a godlike celestial creature capable of making stuff. Beautiful. The one being makes a pantheon called the Elder Gods. You know, like Roman pantheon of gods kind of idea. Yes. Makes like eight or nine Elder Gods. Okay. Um. So then, big empty celestial space. You got the one being. You got the Elder Gods. The Elder Gods one day are like, hey, the one being can make stuff, and so the one being made us, but we can also make stuff. So why do we have a boss if we're capable of doing the work ourselves? So they built the proverbial guillotine. They uh, got these weapons called Kamidogu daggers. Um, don't know why they had that name. Don't know why they needed daggers. Okay. But they yeah, got, yeah, yeah. They got, yeah, they got these daggers, and they came up behind the one being one day and just fully Julius Caesared him and just like, bah, 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 and just like stabbed him with these daggers. They... Hacked the one being up in a billion to pieces. Shit. Yeah. It's a lot of pieces. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pieces. It's a lot of money. And... It's a lot of pieces. <laughs> it's so many pieces and uh, and so much money. And so each of those pieces became a realm. Oh, uh, shit. A dimension, a, a universe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's so intense. There's like a lot the- of universes. There's so many, okay. and and we are we are but one of them. So like in Mortal Kombat lore, Earth and the universe as we know it is just Earth realm. It's one of these realms. Oh, so we're one of a billion. Yeah, or more. Who knows? Nobody oh, really knows shit. how many there are. 
Okay, got I guess it. the Elder Gods probably know, but I don't know if they even counted at that point, right? Right. Like, well, it's also like they might get out of their billion. control. Like at what point? Yeah. Also, it's like, do what? What realm do they occupy? Our realm? They are betwixt the realms. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they like in, come like, and go. Heaven or something. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, the idea was that they made these realms, and then allowed life to start developing in these realms, like humanity and mm. Earth realm, and okay. you know, centaurs in the centaur realm, and vampires in the vampire realm, and dinosaurs in the dinosaur realm, all of which are canon. And um, <laughs> they, wow. the yeah, the idea was they were like, well, we can be gods to them. That's like the that's the, the whole point of creating is to uh, watch from above and like control event. It's control. It's a control fantasy. Yeah, it's a real like you know army hammer kind of situation. Yeah, so, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that the call me by your name people are doing a cannibal movie next, right? Isn't that that's kind of weird? Are they? After all the army this hammer is the first stuff. I'm yeah. hearing about this. That's insane. I mean, that not, is and, it, and not army hammer, but specifically like the director of Call Me by Your Name and Timothée Chalamet. I feel that's like that's weird, right? It's a little I mean, yeah, it seems opportunistic. Yeah. That's well, a weird, weird thing to be opportunistic about, too. It is. Like I our mean, friends our friends may be a cannibal or or literally a cannibal according to him. And um Right. We want to make the the ultimate cannibal film. It's so people are crazy. I mean, in Hall everyone in Hollywood is insane and sick. So mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, you know what are you gonna do? It's the it's the city of angels. So true. Is that so what they true. call it? I mean, we're yeah. literally like the LA? pedophile capital of the world. So Mm-hmm. Unless you count that one island, so the, true. The but island. right, yeah. but no one's there anymore. So true. <laughs> that we know of. I don't so know. True. They got that big weird temple. You what know was what? That about? Yeah, What's I have no there? idea. Also, like, yeah, Galen still roams free. So yeah, not she doesn't roam free. She's in custody. But <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Is she? Is she? I, we haven't even seen her. We've only seen a court sketch. I was looking at that the other day, and I'm like, this is sus as fuck. I'm like, we have not seen it her could be anyone. since they captured her. Okay, makes you think. Makes you think. Maybe she escaped. Maybe she escaped to one of the other realms. So true. I mean, she would fit in the vampire realm. Mm -hmm. She could totally be in, God, what is it called? (laughs) Zaytarnus? You're the expert. I'm the expert. Anyway, they got all these realms, right? And the elder gods are like, we're going to rule these realms. But then one day, as life develops on these realms, uh, the people who live in them start to become aware of other dimensions. They make these discoveries like, wait a minute, Earth, we're in Earth realm, but there's Outworld and there's Adenia. And they start trying to conquer each other. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. And on the one hand, you could say, of course, that's that's what, as we know, that's what humanity always does. There's always an Alexander the Great. There's always a Hitler. There's always someone who wants to take over and gets power hungry. On the other hand, it, it's the it's the workings of the one being trying to pull themselves back oh, together again. Because okay. when one realm conquers another realm, they, they smush together. So, they merge. Okay, got it. So the elder gods see this and they're like, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so they come up with a brilliant plan to stop that from happening. They create the Mortal Kombat fighting tournament. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And they make a rule and they say, if one realm wants to merge with another realm, they have to defeat it in 10 fighting tournaments in a row. That's uh, a, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get that. And so, 
Yeah, and they're like, and the way that it will like referee it is we're going to give one, uh, we're going to like pop out these baby gods. They'll just be called gods, not elder gods. They're just gods. They're just like one person with a special superpower. Cool. We'll give one to each realm, and they're like the coach, and then they'll pick a handful of people from that realm that'll be their chosen warriors in each generation. Okay. And if they're ever challenged to a Mortal Kombat tournament, those are the people that'll fight in the tournament. But... Do they, like, are they not, they're not challenging other people? Like, who decides to challenge the other people? Is it the god? No, it's usually, like, someone, some, like, random person in the realm. So, um, you know, like, a the president of, like, Sweden might get some technology that helps him discover that there's, you know, a vampire realm and yeah. then say like, I want to invade that vampire realm. Got it. And then the god of Earth realm would show up and go like, all right, so here's the whole deal with the Mortal Kombat tournament. If you want to conquer that realm, this is what you're going to have to do. Got you're it. You have to fill out these forms. You got to team up with these 13 other guys. And okay, so it's a bureaucracy. There. Yeah. Okay. It's like a fighting tournament based bureaucracy. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so the character that we're going to talk about today is this guy named Bo Rai Cho. Bo Rai Cho. Bo Rai Cho. Bo Rai Cho. Bo Rai Cho Mm -hmm. is a jovial, um, chubby, drunken guy uh, from a realm called Outworld. Okay. Outworld, uh, originally, was a lush and beautiful fantasy realm. People could do magic. They lived for long long time maybe thousands of years there were there were beautiful dragons that flew through the sky and and lush gorgeous jungles and and gorgeous deserts with purple skies this is a really nice place to sounds live. awesome it's great one day <laughs> one day this asshole named onaga uh the dragon king so named because he was a big buff dragon boy um decides that he wants to be emperor so he takes over and um He's a necromancer, which means he can control the dead. Oh. So, yeah. So he takes over by making a big army of the dead that he can control. And, like, you can't fight this army because if they die... They doesn't matter. Like, right. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the world that Bo Cho is kind of born into, right? Okay. There's this guy, Onaga. He's got his undead army. It totally sucks. And um, the god that was supposed to be protecting Outworld was this guy named Shao Kahn. So he was like the god that was supposed to show up in case they ever challenged another realm. Oh. I'll, I'm happy to remind you of the names at any time. No, I got it. Bo Rai Cho, Shao Kahn. Good job. Okay. Dragon King Onaga. Awesome. Yeah. Dragon King Onaga. S- yeah. So, so back to Bo Rai Cho. This is the yeah. world he lives in, right? Yes. So, so, so Bo Rai Cho grows up in... No, right? no, no. So Bo Rai Cho was born and like there's already this like civil unrest with the dead army yeah okay yeah. He's, he's kind of born into a state of oppression got it this. okay cool yeah he's born into this this kind of realm that's like been you know desecrated by war it's but past is, its heyday yeah yeah okay yeah. it's it's not such a such a nice place to live got anymore. it okay cool outer world sucks now yeah which is i think part of why he like grows into a bit of a drunk um but the thing is he's one of the greatest if not the greatest martial artists uh to ever live he, he trains in the martial arts and he becomes a great fighter he's a drunk 
he's fat, but he's an incredible martial artist. Um, and he develops the drunken fist style, which you may have seen before. That's the drunken master fighting style. Jackie Chan does it sometimes. He made that movie Drunken Master. Oh. Um, so in Mortal Kombat lore, this guy invented it in Outworld. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So but, it's um, Bo Raicho's thing. Yeah, it's his drunken fist style. Got so it. like his fighting style is that he's kind of like he's wobbly. He's hard to predict because he's he's falling all okay. over the place. I got it. And you don't know what's calculated or what's like he's just drunk. Got it. Um, he's even incorporated his frequent barfing into his fighting style. Oh shit. <laughs> That's resourceful. He'll, we love it. Yeah. He'll fully barf on the floor to to, to make his opponent slip. He's so not above he really it. He uses everything. He's not like, at all. You think no. I won't puke? Mm-hmm. He He's will. like, I'm a mess, and honestly, you love it. <laughs> He's like, you're addicted to how messy I am. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. He would make a great, like, Bravo star. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's drunk living under Onaga in a state of oppression, but, you know, the fact that he is such a drunkard and, and, and enjoys martial arts is that he's kind of just a jolly guy. He doesn't really care much about the state of the world. Got it. And then one day, Shao Kahn comes down to Outworld uh, and says, hey, Dragon King Onaga, I've been thinking about it, and why am I allowing you to be the emperor here? I'm a god. I'm more powerful than anyone else in Outworld. I'm supposed to be protecting Outworld, so how about I do it by slitting your throat? And he like oh, kills shit. Onaga. Yeah. And then Shao Kahn takes over and becomes the god emperor of oh, Outworld. So he's supposed to be protecting the realm, and instead he's like, I'm going to dominate it and instantly start challenging other realms to Mortal Kombat. Oh, shit. Okay, god, so he's like ready to go. Yeah, he's like, since I'm a god, I know the rules, I know how to break the rules. And I know about all the other realms. I got a list. I don't have to discover shit. I'm just ready to go. Boom. I want to conquer the vampire realm. Ten fighting tournaments later, they're ours. Boom. I want to conquer the dinosaur realm. Ten tournaments later, dinosaurs are fucking extinct. Wow. One of them escapes to primeval earth realm and he forms the dinosaurs. And then eventually they turn into humans or whatever happened with dinosaurs. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's conquering realm after realm. And Outworld is becoming a horrible place to live. Because all these realms are merging together. So you have, like, the deserts have skyscrapers bursting through them that have vampire spires bursting through those skyscrapers. And then there's centaurs who are a warlike race, but there's also dragon people who are a warlike race, and then they hate each other because they don't want to share land, and there's, like, seven civil wars happening, and it's a mess. Also, like, architecturally not cohesive. No, it's ugly. Yeah, it, like, looks shitty. That sucks. Yeah. You got brutalist architecture living next to Gaudi esque <laughs> architecture, yeah. and it's just not working. Yeah. yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's bad. It's bad news <laughs> bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so in theory, uh, Bo Raicho would have been a shoe in to be one of the like chosen warriors for these Mortal Kombat right. tournaments. Mm-hmm. But he, from the beginning, refuses to participate because. He's like, I don't want, I don't support this. I'm kind of a pacifist. Martial right. arts isn't always about like fighting for the sake of combat. It's it's a it's a spiritual practice right. as well. So he's like, he's he's super bummed about it. And Shao Kahn doesn't give a shit because he's like, you think I care if you're on my fighting team? I got a dragon guy now and a vampire and a dinosaur guy. I put a thousand souls into one body just right. to see what happens. So I got a ghost ninja now. He's like, fuck wow. this. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Boraicho is sitting back and watching Shao Kahn conquer all these realms um, and not really doing anything about it. And to him, he's like, that's enough, I guess, right? At least I'm not participating in this system. Yeah. Um... And, and then eventually, <laughs> as, as Shao Kahn targets a new realm, the next on his list, this place called Earthrealm, stakes that's our realm oh my god um, <laughs> i care now <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm invested that could have oh, been me shit. okay <laughs> uh basically this is like the straw that breaks the camel's back Got for it. Right show. he like many of us in 2016 realizes he can't sit back anymore yeah yeah it's not enough he to has not the be hashtag racist resist. he has to be anti-racist <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> Um, it's not enough to, let's be honest, mostly not be racist. You yeah. gotta be anti-racist. You have to be anti-racist, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, similar to uh, a lot of a lot of people here in the United States of America, he realizes, like, after a ton of people had already died, that I gotta do something. <laughs> like, I gotta get involved. Good. Yeah, okay, got it's, it. It's not enough to sit back and go, hey, I didn't have anything to do with that. That's not me. Yeah, and that's what mm-hmm. the, the SS said, you know? Yeah, he's like, am I the baddie? Um, yeah, he's like, it's not enough to just do my job or exactly. Whatever he can't just say. he can't just do his job. Yeah. Boracho decides he needs to protect Earthrealm. He can't let Earthrealm fall like so many realms have fallen before. So he connects with Earthrealm's god, uh, this guy named Raiden, who is like supposed to be the Shao Kahn of Earth, and he says, listen. You're gonna be challenged by Outworld. They've already won against like a thousand other realms. I'm sure you know this. Uh, I want to offer up my services. I will train Earthrealm's warriors in Outworld's fighting styles. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So he's going like, undercover. He's fully undercover as like a traitor to his realm. Um, but what needs to happen is their leader needs to be deposed. He knows that his leader needs to be deposed. So he's like, this is this is the move. We need to lose so that we can finally stop this asshole Shao Kahn. Right. So he trains one of Earth's chosen warriors, this guy named the Great Kung Lao. And Kung Lao successfully stops Outworld's streak. He, okay. He does it. He he crushes uh, Outworld's champion, this guy named Shang Tsung. Got it. Um, and he manages to stop Outworld in their campaign to conquer all of these realms. And Bo okay. Rai Cho is like... He's like, I did it. I, yeah. I stopped Outworld. Um, I finally brought peace, I guess. Yeah. No. No. Shao, no. Shao, Shao Kahn is like, fuck you. I'm just going to try again. Okay, got it. And he has nine more tries, right? So the or way is- that it actually works is that at this point, Earth had already lost nine tournaments. Oh. When when uh, when Bo Rai Bo Rai Cho Cho gets involved, like, oh, I gotta get involved. He's like, okay, so he's like, this is the last ditch. Like, okay, yeah. he he had like two weeks, pretty much. He, okay, he really he swooped in like at the, the night last before second. Okay, got it. Yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, got it. Um, so from this point on, five hundred years pass from the tournament that Shao Kahn lost. Um, I don't know why he waited 500 years. I thought maybe it's like a rule that if you lose, you have to wait 500 years before you get to challenge a realm again. Mm-hmm. But I've never found any information, so I don't know why. 500 years passed. Shao Kahn moves on to other realms. He conquers a bunch of other ones, and he's like, I'll get back to Earth later. Cool. Um, 
I don't know why this is canon, but it is. And I don't know where this came from, but it's true. At some point in the interim, Bo Raicho trained uh, Muso Gonosuke, who is an actual historical figure in real life. He's he's like a famous samurai from the early 17th century that like invented a a few different martial arts schools uh, that are still in practice today. All right. I don't know where this came from, but that's just part of lore is like Bo Raicho came over to Earth. So I guess the implication is he kept coming to Earth and saying like Shao Kahn will be back. I'm going to keep training. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Each generation. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm guessing like every generation he showed up as like a, you know, today our substitute teacher is Bo Raicho. He's going to train all the warriors how to be good at fighting. Uh, Got it. That makes sense. That's good. He's doing Mm -hmm. his due diligence. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that brings us up to the mid 1990s. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just setting the scene, all right? Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the early to mid-90s. Everyone's Kurt Cobain watching. just died. Uh. Yeah, Kurt's dead. Seinfeld's on the air. Um, I was born. You know, yeah, Dana's born. <laughs> Everyone's drinking Surge. And, People are drinking uh, Slim Fast, Atkins. Yeah, right. slim that, fast, slim yeah. gyms. We got it right. all. It's, we're snapping <laughs> into it. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and so it's the mid nineties, and there's there's you know all the mid nineties stuff that you love, except for at the Shaolin Temple where Boracho actually goes. So um, yeah, <laughs> they're okay. they're just kind of like doing doing monk stuff. Um, so what happens is five hundred years later, Shao Kahn is like, all right, time to time to get into this again, Earth Realm. I hope you're fucking ready to get Mortal Kombat tournamented. And um, he does successfully beat us in another nine tournaments. And Bo Raicho is like, fuck, it's the 10th tournament that the first Mortal Kombat video game is actually based on, by the way. So this has all been before the first video game. Um, he's like, I got to do something to, to stop them from, I can't let Outworld beat Earthrealm. Right. Again. So uh, he goes to the Shaolin Temple where great Kung Lao had been trained 500 years yes. ago. And he trains two new Shaolin monks that are two of the chosen warriors from this cool. generation. One of whom is Kung Lao, a descendant of the great Kung Lao. Cool. Um, he's like cocky and fun and cool. He's not like his ancestor who was like just like a stoic, like traditional monk guy. Um, and he trains this guy named Liu Kang, who is like, he's like the Luke Skywalker of Mortal Kombat. He's okay. like the prototypical hero's journey guy. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's hot. He's got a mullet. He's a cool dude. So <laughs> I liked watching her brain try to process the two separate thoughts of he's hot and has a mullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. I was like, he has a mullet, but I'm like, okay, well, I have to trust you. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, he's hot. He's I'm really like, all right, hot. Trust I have me. to trust you. <laughs> it's kind so. of, this could all be made up. Yeah, yeah exactly. I I'm like, you, I literally don't know if this is real, but sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That would be a pretty good bit if it's like absolutely none of this is from Mortal it Kombat. It would be really interesting to get a, a fake video, fake video game podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just like six, six years from now, for some reason, you're like meeting on a Mortal Kombat movie and you go in and have like a Kaiser Sose moment where you're like, none of this is from the podcast. Yeah. This I'm like, all... what about Bo Ride Cho? They're like, who? Yeah. 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 And, Great. and you're like, I got to talk to that Ben Meckler guy and get some answers, but I disappeared. <laughs> and it's like, I'm never going to get closure on this. I imagined you. Yeah. 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 Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so bo Raicho trains Liu kang he trains kung lao they enter the mortal Kombat tournament and lo and behold Liu kang wins he oh, stops again he stops outworld 
from defeating Earthrealm, and it's in part thanks to Bo Raicho training Liu Kang in Outworld Martial Arts. Nice. Um, yeah. And in, in fact, it's kind of a, a nice little thing. Uh, Great Kung Lao 500 years ago actually wound up getting um, murdered by this guy named Goro, who's like a four-armed dragon beast dude. Oh, shit. Um, and that's who Liu Kang defeated in this tournament. Oh, my tournament. God. So there was... circular. He avenged. Yeah, he avenged. He avenged. And it felt it felt it felt good for yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, that seems like it would be satisfying. Yeah. So th- there were some hijinks from then on. Shao Kahn tried again. He 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 somehow like pulled the strings to force Earthrealm to fight in an in an eleventh tournament. I'm like Shao Kahn was... needs to do less. You know. He really does. That guy sucks. He sucks so yeah. bad. He, he, like, forced Earthrealm's warriors to come to Outworld and fight him again. He lost again. This time, Liu Kang beat him up. Then he tried to, like, full-on invade Earthrealm through this convoluted, convoluted scheme that involved, like, interdimensional divorce law. Um, it's a whole thing. He had his, like, dead wife's body resurrected in Earthrealm, which made her a citizen of Earthrealm. Oh, God! That's what Fox News thinks is happening. <laughs> 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 they're like i'm telling you like, the immigrants are coming here they're resurrecting their dead wives they're using it to become legal citizens don't let them get a hold of this yeah mm. Ugh. fox news cannot know about the plot of i Mortal know Kombat you literally 3. don't tell anyone <laughs> i won't i'm gonna make sure none of them find i was gonna have tommy lauren on in right, the next don't. episode but i'm, I'm rethinking it <laughs> i don't think i should give ideas. her a platform yeah She's going to collaborate with Shao Kahn. They're going to have him on. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm canceling Dana Bobert's episode, too. It's not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Shao Kahn tries again. He tries again. He tries again. He fails. Eventually, he gets beaten up so bad that he literally is, is like, powerless, left, like, trembling at the bottom of a temple in, like, Outworld. And for a long time, Outworld actually gets to experience peace, and Earthrealm is safe. Awesome. And Boraicho gets to just vibe, you know. He gets to he gets to just enjoy his life. He drinks some booze out of his little flask. Just Where's to he a living he now? Keeps... Is he still like living in Outworld? I think he's probably got like an apartment that he comes to sometimes in Earthrealm, but mostly cool. he lives in Outworld. Okay, yeah. nice. He 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 might not even you know. Sometimes he wakes up. He's like, which realm am I even in today? <gasps> yeah, because he drinks yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He's. He literally has like a big gourd like slung around his waist that's just full of Outworld wine. Oh shit! Um, and Outworld wine's like better than like Earth wine. You know, it's funny you say that. He actually at one point decides to kick it in Earthrealm for a long time because he's like, "Yo, Earth wine is good." It is good. He like uh, he specifically is very impressed with sake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like really into it. And he's like, you guys make wine out of grapes? It's crazy. We use like dragon juice or something. I don't know, whatever, some Outworld shit. Um, so, <laughs> so peace in Outworld for yes. a while. Okay, amazing. But I chose having a good time until two sorcerers, these these assholes named uh, Quan Chi um, and Shang Tsung, who you may remember, he was a an Outworld warrior uh you know centuries ago who was actually defeated by the great kung lao way back when oh okay yeah yeah 
he's kind of stayed in Outworld. He's continued to be like a sorcerer person here. But um, basically him and this guy, Quan Chi, who are both like assistants to bigger villains in the series. Yeah. Okay, got it. Say, again, it's the cycle of like, why do we have bosses? We're powerful sorcerers. Why don't we team up? The worker will rise. We'll murder our bosses and we'll form a deadly alliance. Right. Um, Just a bunch um, of like that's communist literally... uprisings. Yeah, there's like a bunch of them. It's like a weird thing, but for, it's never like it's actually always kind of like the worst people doing it in Mortal Kombat. So I don't want to focus on that because that's not how it's going to go when when we have one in America. Um, but uh, in this case, it's two shitty sorcerers who are like, we can kill our bosses and we can be even more evil that way. And it's oh gonna damn! Be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they you know Shang Tsung and Quan Chi they shake hands and they say let's be better villains than our bosses were. So they actually murder Shao Kahn, who yeah. is like depowered, but in Outworld, they snap his neck. Then they come over to Earthrealm, they track down Liu Kang, and they snap his neck. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Fully murdered. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, and so they come back to Outworld, and Bo Raicho gets the horrible news, like, hey, Liu Kang, your student, who you taught, who you're so proud of, uh, has been murdered by the Deadly Alliance. That's what they're calling themselves. It's kind of lame. They're like walking around saying like, hey, could you call us the Deadly Alliance? That's our names now. Yeah. Um, and to make matters worse, their plan for domination is that they are going to resurrect Onaga's undead army that has been sealed up in like a temple for oh, many shit. centuries. Yeah. And then they're going to form a uh, Solnado. Um, do you want to guess? Um, yeah. I do, is it like a tornado, but like with sun? It's a tornado of souls. Oh, so you were, you were close. You went with like an SOL. You went yeah, with like Yeah, I think the, if I had seen it in writing, I would have gone with You would have gone there. So, yeah. yeah, that was just, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. So they, they make this solnado uh, and they're going to, they're going to use it to like zap, basically uh, funnel a bunch of souls from heaven into the undead army and then have a powerful undead army that they're going to puppeteer to like conquer the realms. And Bo Raicho is like, this is all my worst things. First off, they're going to conquer realms. My best student's dead. And also it's this army that like when I was born was wreaking havoc in my realm. So it's like all my worst fears brought back to, to chilling life before my very eyes. He's not happy about it. That's yeah. Terrifying. I'm sure it's very stressful. Yeah. Right. It is. It's like if they were like, you know, tomorrow we're going to do a war on terror. You'd be like, right. no, like we, no. well, we're still kind of in it, but yeah, it's like, well, stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's bad news bears. So, but show teams up with his surviving former students, uh, Kung Lao, this guy named Chujinko, who he like casually trained years ago, okay. who's like an old man now, but is like, I'll help out, Bo Show. Don't worry, I'm here. Yeah. Um, and together they're like, we're gonna stop the Deadly Alliance. They gotta go down. Got it. Um, he even he even teams up with the Ghost of Liu Kang, um, and apologizes to him for letting him down. And the Ghost of Liu Kang is like, it's cool, man. It's not your fault. They they uh, forgave each other. Yeah, they, they were like, it's, okay, it's all cool. good. We're bros. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so together, Bo Cho and his friends uh, do manage to stop the Deadly Alliance, but at great cost, many uh, people die, um, including Kung Lao, 
um, and basically ev- everybody else, with the sole exception being like Bo Raichou. Bummer. Um, yeah, it sucks. Bo Raichou feels like a failure. The Deadly Alliance have been detained, but not really defeated, and all of his friends are dead. And then to make matters worse, um, in creating the Solnado and this undead army, they accidentally resurrect Onaga himself. Oh no! Accidentally? Yeah, they're like, wait, what? He like comes, you know, barreling out of the Solnado, and they're like, wait, what? What's going on? Oh, it, shit. It's not a hundred percent on them. Actually, that old right. guy Shujinko, um, his whole life had been manipulated by the soul, the Onaga the Dragon King. So it's kind of paying off that storyline, but it's a whole thing I don't want to get into yeah, right now. Okay. But uh, events events come together to bring back Onaga, who immediately kills the Deadly Alliance, but only to then be like, "Cool, thanks for my army. Now I'm gonna take. Now I'm gonna conquer the realm. It's oh, me shit. this time." Right. Wow. Yeah. It's dizzying. That's insane. Yeah. So, so at this point, Bo Raicho is like got a real headache because right. he's still drunk, and he's like, "What?" So I had my friends, and then I brought them back. Now they're dead. They've been integrated into Onaga's undead army. Yes. So now his his pals like Liu Kang and Kung Lao they're are like... They're all Onaga zombies. Exactly. They're okay. Onaga zombies. Yeah. Um, it's horrifying. Oh, he's yeah, like, what? Yeah, he, he's like, how do I even stop this from happening? So he teams up again with the ghost of Liu Kang. Um as well as Shujinko again, who's like, hey, I made a mistake, by the way. The Onaga thing's my fault. Can I help? I'm sorry. And Boracho's like, I don't even want to hear it, dude. Just get in the fight. Let's right. do this. Okay. And together, they do successfully defeat Onaga. Um, Thank God. I don't even know. I think they just beat him to death. I'm okay. pretty sure that's what happened. Awesome. Yeah. That's... Like, fully pummel him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it. You just, mm-hmm. you not take him out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he he gone. Um, peace once again returns to the realms. But right shows like finally I can go back to drinking and just like living my life and being a pacifist and like I think he's kind of like. Um, did you see that movie, The Beach Bum, with Matthew um, McConaughey? No, I did not. Oh, okay. That was just about Matthew McConaughey just like hanging out on a beach and like enjoying life and being right. like a little philosopher poet. Cool. I think that's kind of the ideal, like that's like what Bo, Bo Raicho wants. I mean, I saw Eat, Pray, Love and I think, it's, is he like mm-hmm. Julia Roberts saying? Is that? He's like got real <laughs> Julia Roberts energy for okay, sure. He just sick. wants to eat, pray, love. But for him, it's like drink, pray, love. Drink, yeah. pray, love. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go off. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he gets to um, for a minute before there's a, another a war breaks out again. The realms. <sighs> it's just, it's so much, you know, war. Yeah. I mean, we've both uh, lived under the, the the shadow of an endless war. And oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, do, who, whom's amongst us is not a Bo Raicho, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, the boomers. They had, oh, right. they had a nice yeah. little window they had there. A, they had a pretty nice run there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but they, don't, they don't get Bo Raicho like we get Bo Raicho. So... <laughs> <laughs> So here's kind of what goes down. Um, and I will say, thankfully, this is the last time in Borocho's life that he had to deal with a, a an immense uh, clash between the realms. Uh, thank so, God. 
Yeah, he, he finds out there's this prophecy about Armageddon, the final war between light and dark. Um, the prophecy involves... Um, yeah, there's a pyramid, there's these two cryogenically frozen demigods, there's a big fire god named Blaze. I'll give it to you the way Boracho probably processed it, because he was probably really hammered when someone explained this all to him. There's going to be a big old pyramid, and everyone in the world is going to want to get to the top of this pyramid and fight a big fire guy, and whoever does will consume the power of the one being themselves. And oh, control shit. the future of all reality. Oh, fuck. So this, yeah, the stakes are high. It's like not only do all the good guys got to get there and fight all the bad guys, but they got to make sure a good guy gets to the top because only right. one person's going to do this. Okay, got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And Bo Raicho is just like, I got to go to a pyramid and fight people. And I got to run to the top. Got it. Got it. So he goes to this pyramid. He joins the forces of light in the war against the forces of dark. He runs to the top of the pyramid. Someone throws a knife into his back. Ah! But he's still alive. He turns around and he sees on one side there's this mercenary running at him with like a high-tech cybernetic eye. On the other side there's a ghost ninja running at him. He vomits on the steps of the pyramid. Oh, they go, shit. whoa! Oh my god. Yeah, they, they slip like it's a banana peel and they tumble down the pyramid. Um, but then... A four-armed uh, dragon lady who's like eight feet tall runs up, and she stomps on the puke, and she's like, I don't even care. And she she grabs Bo Raicho, and she hurls him off the pyramid. I'm sorry, but I started his... rooting for her because she's a woman, so... I get it. It's, it's <laughs> like maybe the first woman to come up today. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, well... <laughs> I, I swear there are many women in, in Mortal Kombat. I am noticing right now that Bo Raicho interacts with almost no women. At one point he trained uh, a woman named Lee May. And I think that's the only time wow. he ever interacted with a woman at all. So interesting. Okay. So she throws him off the pyramid then. Oh, he dies. Oh, he dies. Yeah. He fully, he fully dies. It's just like so interesting that like he lived such a long life and he was like almost died so many times and then like that's what got him. Mm-hmm. I will say it's the he's fought in he's he's trained warriors to fight in battles. Right, but before. he himself is not like This was I think the first time he truly entered a war as a warrior. And those who can't I think do you... teach. <laughs> And that is the moral of the ride show. <laughs> I think it it is. It is the... Uh, Jesus Christ, it really I, is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a great teacher. He, tra- he, he trained everyone who ever bailed Earthrealm out of a, an existential threat. Yeah. And I think he wouldn't have fought in this war if it was not... Um, it called on everybody. There's right. not a single character in, in Mortal Kombat that did not show up at this war. Like, every single person was there, which will be really problematic to for me when I get to that season and I have to explain the stories of characters who pretty much just, like, showed up at that fight and then, like, bailed and had... Just get, those are going to be, like, four-minute-long episodes. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah. Well, but, but uh, Mortal had quite, quite the journey, it seems like. It's an anti-war journey, I guess. Yeah, And it's a story about teachers. Um, (laughs) But it actually does not end there. 
because I watched panic wash over your face. No, 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 no. I'm like, I'm just like, well, what happened? So it was Raiden and Shao Kahn, who was still alive because they actually killed a clone, if there's don't ask, who made it to the top of the pyramid. Oh, shit. And and it was uh, Raiden, quick refresher, is the god in charge of Earthrealm. Yes. Um, He's like the the Earth version of Shao Kahn. So two halves of the same coin, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes, yes. So, So Raiden and Shao Kahn are at the top of this pyramid. Shao Kahn defeats the fire being and consumes their power and Shao Kahn is going to take on the power of the one being it all is lost the universe will become chaos because he will be the most powerful being alive he lifts his warhammer he's gonna smash Raiden's head like one of those Gallagher watermelons yeah um and in the the moments between the hammer being raised into the sky and Raiden's head being fully smushed Raiden in a Hail Mary uh, grabs onto this magic pendant he wears and sends a message back in time to his younger self. And that message is, he must win. <gasps> Shit. Very vague. Very mysterious. And so flashback to the first Mortal Kombat game. So the 10th yeah. tournament with Liu Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiden all of a sudden hears the message, he must win, rattling around in his brain. And in trying to interpret it and make the right choice, he creates a new timeline that overwrites the previous timeline and gives Bo Raicho uh, another chance at, at getting his dream. Wow. Um, yeah. So in this timeline, things go a little bit differently for Bo Raicho, but just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. So same story, Outworld, Onaga, Shao Kahn takes over, yada, yada, yada. Got it. The thing that changes for Bo Raicho in this timeline is that Shao Kahn is fully wiped off the map much earlier in the timeline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, the he must win thing winds up meeting Shao Kahn because they have to let him break the rules, which causes the Elder Gods to have to intervene. And he gets, like, brought up to heaven and, and he's gone forever. Got he gets it. taken away by the Elder Gods to be tortured or something. Beautiful. Um. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's a bit of a cost, which is that Liu Kang and Kung Lao both die permanently um, in the process of stopping Shao Kahn. So two of Bo Recho's favorite students, unfortunately, die. It's tragic. Um, yeah. That said, we reach more peace than Bo Recho had ever seen in the other timeline. There's there's um, happiness in Outworld. Um, despite the fact that there's a civil war going on between like Shao Kahn's daughter and Shao Kahn's best general, but it's, there's not like a ton of collateral damage and Boracho kind of just stays out of it. He doesn't yeah. want to be involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he more kind of like continues to aid Raiden and, and Earthrealm from time to time as a sense of friendship. And I think from a sense of guilt over what happened to Liu Kang and yeah. to Kong Lao. Right. He's to make, make um, good. Yeah, and just to give you an idea of some of the adventures he had while he was, like, helping Earthrealm. Um, one time, he helped Raiden deal with this uh, blood magic uh, where a bunch of the Kamidogu daggers, the original daggers used to dis- destroy the one being, uh, were found by people in Earthrealm. And that caused, like, very bad blood magic. People were going crazy and killing each other. And that was a whole issue. So he helped Raiden deal with that. Um any any questions on blood magic? 
No, I mean, what? Like, what's blood magic? I guess would be the question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess what is that? I don't have a great answer. It's okay. it appears to be like a weird magic that uses blood. I guess that really is it. Okay. It's like you know how sex magic uses sex. It's yeah. Blood, blood magic uses blood. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Basically, a lot of people are like cutting themselves up and doing bad shit, and and Borecho stops them. Good, good. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. Another time, a cryomancer, which is someone who can control ice. Um, this guy named Sub Zero. Uh, Apt. Sound name. familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he's he's like the one Mortal Kombat guy anyone would know if they didn't really know Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It is an apt name. He's part of like an assassination clan, uh, where like all the assassins kind of have like cool powers, yeah, and abilities. What I'm getting um, from this is like people just like want to have a friend group. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. There's a lot of friend groups. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't know what's bringing us together other than we're a friend group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's hanging out with their high school friends for too long. It's that is like what it happening. kind of sounds like, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, Sub-Zero, he's part of a friend group of assassins, and, um, he comes to Bo-Ride Show and is like, hey, the head of my assassin group wants to turn everyone into cyborgs so that he can control us. Actually, he did turn everyone but me into cyborgs so he can control us better, um, and I want you to help me stop them. So, like, Bo-Ride Show has a little adventure where he pays a thief to steal a USB drive with a virus on it so that Sub-Zero can upload the virus to stop the cyborgs. It's so interesting that we're in a world that has both blood magic and USB drives. Yeah. I'm just like picturing having to like go buy an adapter while someone's like doing blood (laughs) magic to me. And I'm like, I have to go to Best Buy to get my USB to USB-C or I'm not going to be able to like upload the virus, you know? Yeah. And they're like following you, like cutting their face (laughs) up and like speaking in tongues. Right. And I'm like, I know I just need an adapter. You yeah, know? I like yeah. the idea too of like you go to Outworld and you're like, do I do you have is, do I need like an interdimensional like adapter? Right, I'm like, plug? so what outlets do you guys use? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> can like, I charge a... my phone in Outworld? Right. Or... <laughs> that's what I'm. That's where I'm like. That's my questions. Where my questions lie. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. Yeah, do they have like USB O? Maybe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lightning to aux. I'm like, how do I listen to my music? Yeah, yeah, you don't. People just play loot <laughs> cover co- covers of like whatever you want to hear in Outworld. Shit. Okay. Well. Well yeah. then. All right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, he, like, the guy comes. He's like, "Hey, help me with these cyborg ninjas." And Bo Ratcho's like, "No problems." So they go to the cyborg ninja base, and he gives them the USB key. And Sub Zero goes in, and he fights hundreds of cyborgs while Bo Ratcho hangs out outside and gets drunk. Classic Bo Ratcho. Classic. The base Bo explodes. Right. Oh, yeah. The base explodes. Baracho's lit on fire. Sub-Zero shows up and Baracho's like, oh, dude, I'm on fire. Whoa, what the heck? I was just drinking. And Sub-Zero freezes him to put out the fire. Amazing. And then he un- he unfreezes him and, and Baracho barfs and he's like, whoa, let's do that again. I'm a party guy. Hang yeah. On. yeah. Hell yeah, Baracho. He has a f- he has a few great years where he just like hangs out. I want to say it might even be like 25 years where he just you know vibes hangs out with his friends the raiden crew and then eventually he's going and hanging out with raiden at his sky temple his temple in the sky 
And uh, all of a sudden, the temple gets attacked by a bunch of evil zombies. Oh, no. Zombies that include Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Oh, that's who, hard. It's rough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you never want it. When you see your friends turn on you, like, that's it's, that's tough. You never want that, yeah. no. Yeah, basically, he finds out that there was this fallen elder god who's like the Lucifer of Mortal Kombat who's mm-hmm. been trapped in this realm called the Nether Realm for centuries. And uh, he's been actually capturing the souls of all the dead friends of Bo Raicho. And now they're his army. It's the Onaga vibes. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, they attack this temple because they want to kill Raiden. The elder god, this guy named Shinnok, he tortures Bo Raicho. Um, but eventually. Uh, Outworld and Earthrealm unite. They stop Shinnok, and peace is achieved again. Bo Raicho finally gets to live a life of fun and party vibes. Party he vibes. He gets to drink. Yeah, he gets to drink and enjoy his life. Um, and eventually that whole timeline also got erased, but it doesn't really matter for Bo Raicho because the person who's in charge of making the new timeline in the future will be Liu Kang, who's, oh. who finally got restored. Yeah, he finally got uh, to live the life he always wanted that Boracho saw for him. And um, now he's he's literally above, the Elder Gods above everyone. He's in charge of time. And um, whatever the future of Boracho will be, his future will be written by his greatest student, Liu Kang. And that's beautiful. And that's it, I promise. It's the that's awesome. A Boracho story uh yeah awesome so, so like what do you have any final thoughts on Boracho? any hopes for his for his future for bo Cho? i mean i hope he just gets to keep kind of drinking chilling doing the things he likes to do puking mm-hmm. i hope that he mm-hmm. gets frozen again <laughs> yeah he seemed I like guess. that he seemed like that was a highlight for him um <laughs> yeah i mean that's imagine all imagine if that was the highlight of your life like you <laughs> was fought, like the time your friend froze you <laughs> yeah you've fought in thousands of years of interdimensional wars you've you've trained some of the greatest fighters in, in history of life yeah across many realms and being frozen was like the most fun you ever had i mean it sticks out i'm sure he remembers it if only people had told him about those like weird cryo chambers you can go to. At, like, I know the gym. he'd probably get addicted to freezing. I could see that mm-hmm. happening for him. Maybe that does happen for him. Does people do people get addicted to that? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think. Have so. you ever done it? No freezing. No. Yeah, is it, it called in... cryo freezing or is I that think it is. I, like just using the sci-fi word? No, oh, I okay. think I think it is like called cryo freezing. Yeah. It was in. Huh. It was used to kill someone in a movie I just watched. Like the yeah, I athletic also watched freezers. that movie. Freaky. Yes. Yeah. Um. Ha- yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler. Cause it's kind of in the trailers, and it's also very early in the movie. But yeah, right. in Freaky, they go to a high school that has its own cryo. I was chamber. like, literally, that's the thing I bumped into the most because I was like, this is such a well-funded high school. I'm like, literally, yeah. like, what is this athletic department? Like, what were those locker rooms? It really felt like one of those things where they were like, we had the idea to do a kill in one of those cool right. cryo freezing. Like the producer went and did a cryo treatment and then called the yeah, writer and like, this director. Is dope. And was like, 
let's do you a kill this, this way. Because it, it was the best kill I've ever seen. It was like a kill that I was like, yes, like that's fucking cool. But like. That was the best one you've ever seen? That's my favorite. That was my favorite. That was my favorite that I've seen in a while because she just shattered into a million pieces. I'm like, I've never she literally did. seen someone like shatter like that. I thought it was cool. Dana, I'm going to blow your mind. What? Have, you got to watch a little movie called Jason <laughs> X. Jason X. Have you X. heard of this film? No. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of Friday the 13th? Yes. You know Jason Voorhees from yes. Friday the 13th? Yes. This, this is a movie set thousands of years in the future on a space station where they unfreeze Jason Voorhees. Holy shit. And they have a, a freezing station in that movie. And there is an amazing cryo freeze kill. Oh, I love that. Also, I love it. Also, there's a scene in that movie where Jason goes through like what I can only describe as a a like embedding machine. He basically walks in as like the decaying husk Jason and he walks out like with a cooler mask. Oh, shit. And I don't know what like it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's a makeover machine. Yeah. He also fights a cyborg. <laughs> Damn. Okay, yeah. I'll have to watch it. Um, you got to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it has a lot of stuff for me. Yeah. Not to diss it, but I'm just like, if you like cryo kills, I feel like you'll enjoy. I also feel like, I guess Final Destination has like the opposite because they have the tanning bed kill. But I want to see, I've, I say I've seen another like frozen chatter murder before. I can't think of where. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good kill. But it did feel like one of those things where they were like, "You got to put this in the movie," and they were like, "It's a high school movie," and they were like, "Just put it in the gym." It's like literally an NBA locker room. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was impressive. It was pretty good. They also had um, like um, a state of the art kitchen in the cafeteria. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Weird. I did. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like they had other sets, and we're just like, we can keep costs down if we just shoot here. It's yeah, fine. it's a fun, yeah. silly yeah. movie. It doesn't matter. No one cares. No one's gonna care. And they were pretty much right. They were right. Oh, I love the movie. It didn't. It didn't bug me. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I do feel like Vince Vaughn did a pretty good job playing a high school. He did girl. a great job. I the, for me, the standard is now Jack Black and Jumanji. I know. I was just gonna say that. That is the standard. Jack Black and Jumanji is the standard, and he did such a good he, job. He is so fucking good in those movies. It, it's 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 crazy how good he's he is. He's so good. I will say what Jumanji did that I think like Freaky didn't is they really leaned into that kind of girl stereotype. And so there was more yeah. for Jack Black to play with. Whereas with Freaky, she was just kind of like a girl. And so it's like, well, mm-hmm. what does Vince Vaughn really have there to go off of? It was weird that they played more into the that girl stereotype with Vince Vaughn pretending to be exactly, a girl exactly. in her body. But I think that's like almost like why it didn't work was because he was like such an exaggeration of someone we hadn't even seen. Whereas with Jack Black, yeah. like this girl's so that that like Jack Black kind of doing it is like good. Yes, I 100% agree with you. This is now Freaky Podcast. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, I. This is good. I I totally agree with you. Um, with the sole exception of the scene where she does try to t- convince Booker that she's really the girl, and she does the the um baby voice is like Booker, Booker. That yeah. scene made me laugh a yeah, lot. Yeah, that was. But it really was funny. completely it was out of character and didn't really yes. make sense for like yes. anyone else in no, the scene. No, but it was we. Lo- I loved it overall. Amazing. It Freaky was great. Yeah. Really big fan of that director. Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to My favorite. You. Those Great. are my favorite movies. Yeah. Literally that They're kind fun. of horror comedy is like the best. Yeah. 
They're zeitgeisty. Is that a genre you would ever consider writing for? Yeah, that's like exactly teen girl um, protagonist horror is like exactly what I think is good and fun. We need more of it. Please, please, please write something. I'm, I'm working on it. Great. Happy to hear it. Uh, well, that's it for, for Bo Ride Show. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. I feel like I know you have any him. final thoughts, well, then my mission's been accomplished. Yeah. I, I feel like I know a lot about Bo Ride Show more than I ever even knew I could because I, I didn't know he existed. True. Yeah. This is definitely more than you knew before or could have known because I can't imagine you independently choosing to learn about Bo Ride Show outside of doing this podcast. Probably not. Where you didn't even choose him to to discuss but i definitely like him and he definitely seems like a chill guy and i really respect i really respect what he did for the universe yeah he he was a favorite of mine when this game came out because he was like the most comedy forward character and Mm -hmm. mortal kombat's always been violence and comedy and a very epic melodramatic sci-fi fantasy lore but he was the one that like for me it was like yeah he's like gross he's funny He's my he's my dude. I love Borat Show. Awesome. Yeah. Um. That brings us to our final segment of the show, a segment I like to call "Choose Your Destiny" because that's what it's called, and uh, it's a segment in which I ask you, Dana, now that you know about the many realms, you know about Mortal Kombat, uh, you know about folks like Borat Show. Um, if you existed in the world of Mortal Kombat, who would Dana Donnelly be? What would Dana Donnelly be? Who would she be aligned with? Who's who is Dana Donnelly in the world of Mortal Kombat? Okay, um, really quickly, can I ask you to go first? Like, can I ask you for an example of like what you think you would be in Mortal Kombat? Oh, for sure. I mean, I've done a bunch of these, and and I don't necessarily stick to like my personality. I think this is an aspirational question. Right. Of course. So, yeah. Uh, for me, I think something I'd really enjoy, I like Outworld. I like specifically the, like, mishmash of different, uh, fantasy, like, creatures and, and, and different, like, cultures that clash yeah. there. And so I would like to be, um, I think someone who has a, a, uh, a dream to kind of, uh, give everyone in Outworld a space, like a space where they get to express themselves express their culture because this is uh this is a land where um you know they've lost their homeland their homeland has been mashed up with someone yeah, else's homeland so right. it's like a natural clash it's like it's it's hard to resolve that yeah so i i would assemble the the leaders of the various uh races of outworld and i would lead them in a quest to find um the magic orbs that bind their realms to outworld and basically i would lead like a liberation squad oh. where we would we would find like the orb that's that's binding the centaur realm to outworld and we'd cut it loose and we'd say goodbye centaurs you will be our allies in the future but you deserve your own place they do yeah you could yeah. stay here if you want to but you don't want to be here you want your right. own home you want yeah, your yeah, own yeah. place to be with your people so i would i would lead that charge and if anyone stood in our way, um, I think my I'd be like an outworld human, so I'd be like a thousand years old or whatever. And my my fighting style um, would be that uh, I would have what would be like a cool Mortal Kombat-y weapon. I'd have a uh, I'd have a hat like a helmet that uh, allowed me to uh, it made my legs beefy. It was like a leg beefing helmet, and it would make my legs so beefy that I could launch myself like I was a bullet 
through people's like chests and like yeah. brains. Yeah, depending how big the my enemy was. And so basically I'd be in my shiny helmet that like reflects the sun so like any of my allies knew where I was at any time and and um I would uh if anyone like said like hey you got to stay in outworld vampires you don't get to go home I would launch myself through them like a bullet um and instantly killing them. Shit. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't think I would be as ambitious, but I definitely like would. I would want to be like an outworld like person. I think that most likely I would want to do something like designing outfits for warriors. Mm, So just mm -hmm. like making sure. That's a lucrative business. Okay, good. Thank God. Because I want to make money. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I think I would probably yeah like design outfits for warriors. Like I would consult, I would consult with like a bow ride show, like the bow ride shows of like the trainers, and then Mm -hmm, we would like mm -hmm. we would see what works best for each person and their talents. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I really like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, just like a brief example. So someone comes to you, they are. Uh, they are a, a lizard person yeah. who has the spirit of uh, an ancient vampire within them. And so they're a lizard person who has the ability to fly on bat wings Shit. and drink blood. Yeah. And and they're like, hey, Dana, I'm going to the Mortal Kombat tournament mm-hmm. and I need an outfit. Um, what are you throwing at that? At that so guy? definitely something with like space for their wings. So mm-hmm. I'm picturing like like kind of a backless number. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be like a backless top, and then let's see, they're like a lizard. They're probably cold because they're also vampiric. So I think I would do mm-hmm. like uh, some sort of insulated, um, like fitted bottom. Wow, I mm-hmm. like that. Okay, yeah. so they got like a backless, it's a backless like shirt then, mm-hmm. right? Not like a, like back, a dress. Or like almost like a leotard. I think like, okay. you know, we want to, they, they're skinny and we want to highlight that. It's enviable, oh, okay. right? So yeah. yeah, just like kind of a tight like bodycon, backless, like enough room for wings. And then kind of like the polar tech like leggings oh, so yeah. that they're warm. Okay, well, I love that. I guess probably a tail hole. Yes, obviously a tail hole. So it'll be yeah. it'll be assless and backless. Oh, that's hot. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it'll be a look. Any like accessories or like something that says like I'm a lizard vampire ghost or? Yeah, we could do. I would do like a probably embroidery of some sort, like maybe like mm. lizard vampire ghost. Like it would be like very um like streetwear you know oh cool i think it'd be cool like maybe even in supreme font we would have that okay that's cool and supreme would be like lizard and vampire and ghost like that kind of Mm -hmm. yeah or like even the anti-social social club you know those sweatshirts Mm -hmm. like maybe like that oh that's cool i think that would look sick i love it (laughs) and i am 100 percent confident that someone uh listening will draw it and uh, (laughs) i look forward to sharing that with you please do i can't wait (laughs) Uh, I know exactly who will draw it. There's a there's a mortal podcast artist. Who, oh uh, wow! Her name's Jade, and she jumps right into it. Okay, yeah. well, hi Jade. <laughs> yeah, it could also be Danny. I, there's a there's a few mortal podcast listeners that really love to jump in and wow. and, and, and bring this art to life. Okay. Um, well, that's a fantastic answer, Dana. Thank you so much uh, for you. getting so creative for us here on the show, and <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the show. So. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you for you, teaching audience. me about Bo Rai Cho. 
Uh, of course, I hope that this launches an obsession for you. I hope you get like really deep into because this is just a drop in the bucket. This is like one of like a hundred Mortal Kombat characters, so there's a lot more to learn. Um, wow. And I think I've had friends of yours on the show before, so maybe you, yeah. you'll have some people to Talk to compare notes with, with mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm just trying to get friend groups it's similar. To, I've been inspired by Mortal Kombat to form and, and support friend groups. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. you can make a friend group, perhaps that's that's revolves around you you know you know sophia benoit right yeah must uh-huh, know each other yeah. from Perfectly, twitter at least yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah so you guys could talk about oh, you know, compare Lee may been... she was trained by bo right so that's oh my to gosh talk about, that's so that's great yeah so much in common yeah. now <laughs> great well that that that's that's that makes me feel good so uh yeah if people want more dana donnelly in their lives which of course they will where can they find it um at, on twitter at dana spelled d-o-n-l-y so dana d-o-n-l-y and then on instagram at hottest dana and that's it hottest dana yeah great uh well thank you so much again dana for thank being you for here thank you ben. audience thank you audience for listening and of course as always finish him <laughs>